Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast, where we're bringing you today's episode, Still in Box, Mint Condition. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. Grab your checklists and your price guides and figure out how you're going to display this shit. We're talking collectibles. Oh, hello, Ben. Hey, John. Didn't see you there. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, speaking of being in box, we are back in our uh, in the studio in our boxes here um, with a piece of plastic holding us in. Like it's almost like we are looking at each other through the uh, through our respective boxes. Yeah, I, I don't think we could call this mint condition. No, <laughs> this is seeing some wear and tear. <laughs> then again, this is kind of how it started for us. Yeah, so. yeah, it was. I guess we're just like a cheap Chinese knockoff. The box wasn't that nice to start with. Yeah, yeah, we're like Geek Explosion, the pod show. <laughs> uh, so we are going a little nebulous today. We, you know, we we've been hitting a lot of movies lately. Had a lot of guests. Um, I think it's time to take a step back from that, at least for one episode, until we're. Uh, until we're scrounging around for the idea for the next one, and we go, oh, hey, let's do yeah. this movie. This yeah. Let's do Total Recall. Yeah. Um, that is not the plan for me. That is a good movie, though. Good flick. I almost bought it yesterday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I never saw the new one. Did you see the new one with Colin Farrell? Don't care to. Yeah. I, I don't see why I'd need to. I didn't hear great things, so fuck them. Yeah, we're talking about collections collectibles collectors collecting yes got yeah. some more words probably uh, collectimifying <laughs> collectivism collectation <laughs> um so it <laughs> 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 looked like you ran out of steam there for i i i kind of did i i drank the last couple of nights at least last night i got a bunch of work done before but then i started drinking at like midnight oh boy well and it sucks like I don't know if it was just having been hung over and tired, but I didn't feel like I caught any sort of buzz at all. And I, I probably had a good, like, five, six shots. Like, enough to get me buzzing, at least. Did you catch any sort of hangover? A little bit. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, I now that we're old, our hangovers last into a second day anyway. I remember, like, the second I turned 30, all of a sudden hangovers were two days. Yeah, I've had a couple instances where I had, like two beers and for whatever reason or like a couple you know like two fingers of whiskey and then uh woke up with a fucking headache and feeling kind of shitty the next day and like this is bullshit this isn't supposed to happen unless i do something i shouldn't have and i didn't do anything wrong body yeah why are you betraying yeah, me get off my back <laughs> um so collections things that people collect like i tried looking up a uh a definition earlier of like collecting and it was just like the act of or one who collects or something like that and i was like oh great shitty definition yeah so we're talking about things that you pick up because you love it or you feel compelled to and you want them all wanting them all is a big part of it you know it's kind of the the pokemon effect you got to catch them all like you want to get all the things I have been a fairly avid collector of everything since I was a child. Like, I, just, I, I have always been a pack rat. Yeah. You are 
definitely still a pack rat, you and yes. your wife. Yeah, thankfully I've got like five acres, so I've got lots of, this is the first time in my life I've had more space than stuff. It's, yeah. It's fucking cool. Yeah, anytime you had like a, a space over a garage, it was filled with tubs of stuff. And or other, like I've got two broken down cars in my front yard right now, and, and a third one that needs to get sold, and I got lots of stuff. Yeah, you do. I, like, I'm not quite a hoarder. And like and, and hoarding, I guess, is the uh, the logical extension of collecting, where you just choose to collect everything. Yeah, and not for any desire, really. Like, like you're not getting any fascination out of it, or you're not enjoying it. It's just there. Yeah, I think that's collecting gone wrong, where it's more of a compulsion. Yeah. But uh, we're going to talk about the more fun kind of collecting, where uh, you want thing little little baubles that bring you joy. Yeah. And you want to, you know, you want to get as many of them. And generally, they don't have any utility. You know, it's not like food. Like, I collect food. In your stomach. And I eat it. And, you know, <laughs> so that, that doesn't really count. But we're talking about, you know, people that collect baseball cards and action figures and anything else that, you know, any little thing that, you know, doesn't really mean anything to the greater world, but means a lot to you. Yeah, like, there, there's no benefit outside of your own personal benefit to the collection. Unless you're collecting, like, orphans and and feeding them and housing them because yeah. then, then you're 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 helping out some uh some of humanity there but <laughs> as long as you're doing those last two things yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you're not, not collecting orphans for your for your basement yeah like i mean those are some of the more popular things that, that people collect like you got the baseball cards you got people that collect barbies um you know like records yeah. is a big one beanie babies are Oh, shit. Yeah, Beanie Babies were huge. I remember when they were like a financial investment. That was so absurd. Like, I, one of my buddy's moms, like, was fully invested in that. She, you know, she knew all of the all of the different uh, names for them. She knew when to find them, how to find them, which ones were valuable. Like, And them shits were going for thousands of dollars. That's insane. How did that even start? I have no idea. That's a great question. It's weird because... Comic books were like that for a while, too. Like, I remember Wizard used to have the price guide in the back of it. Maybe it still does. I... Wizard hasn't existed in, like, 15 years. No. <laughs> no, probably not 15 years, well, but at least 10 years. Well, but yeah, it had the price guide in the back of it. Mm -hmm. And it, had, it listed all the comic books and all the comic cards and, like, what their price was. And I remember flipping through it and being like, you know, holy shit, Action Comics number one, it's like $12,000. Yeah. <laughs> Need to get me one of the, like, fat, like, imagining finding one at a garage sale or some shit mm -hmm. and like i'll give you a dollar for it yeah and and they i think they still publish the uh the overstreet price guide every year but i mean that's that's for insane collectors like i i i was never that kind of collector of comic books like i i collected them because i liked the art or i liked the story but like i don't have entire runs i don't you know i don't keep them in pristine shape i started bagging them all so that's that's a start. Yeah, they're for reading. Yeah, yeah. They're for sitting in the bathroom until you move them somewhere else in a giant stack. Yeah, but it's, it's weird when, like, just randomly the collective world decides something is worth a lot more money than it was previously. Yeah. And uh, I'm not really sure what drives that. If I knew what drove that, I'd be a much wealthier man. <laughs> yeah. Or you'd be responsible for fucking shit shows like going back to comics, you know, the... The early 90s or like the, mm -hmm. the collapse of the market in the mid 90s because everyone thought that, you know, it was going to be an investment for their for their children's college if they if they bought 
50 copies of Spawn number one. Like, all right, th- this is going to be huge. It's it's going to be the new Action Comics number one. Turns out, not so much. No. No. <laughs> so I was looking into collecting as a whole, and like, like I was trying to figure out why people collect and how people collect. I don't know. Like, it, it seemed like there, there were a couple main key types of collecting. And let's see where, where you fall on this. I'm curious. So one of them is the thrill of the hunt. I saw oh, that yeah. one popping up a lot. So you, you get it in your head that you want to collect something. And all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, like I love this, let's say record. You know, I love this record by this band. You, you buy, you buy, um, you know, the greatest hits or, or whatever albums you find. But then you're like, oh shit, let's see what other goodies are out there. And then you get to go to record stores where you can pour over, you know, little crates and tubs of old records and search for that little goodie that's just going to tickle your brain, you know, in, in a certain way. Yeah, they have a little diamond in a rough. Yeah. And, and then once you've got all of those, you start looking for like, you know, the, the B-sides and the, the, uh, the bootlegs and stuff that you yeah. can't get anywhere else. Yeah. And, and I, I would say that's probably where I fall for the most part, because I'm, I'm a very impatient man. So if I get something in my head, like, like I want this thing, I need to find it. Like, I'm going to start going to stores. I'm going to look because I want that fucking thing right now. I don't want to go onto Amazon or eBay and have it, you know, in a week from now. Like, I want that thing. And I love, you know, say I find a new artist that I like. Like, I'll, I'll pull up a checklist of all their work and I'll just start pouring through the back issues of comic books, you know, look, looking for those. And I even organize my comics like that for my favorite artists. Like, they're organized by artist. They're not organized by title or, or issue number or anything. Like, I don't give a shit about that. Man, I'm, I'm don't want to have to find anything in your collection that would drive me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I have pared down the collection a lot. Because I, I just, I find that if it's not a comic book that I'm going to go back and read again or appreciate the art, get the fuck out of here. I've, I've got no use for it. I, I, I will never need a garage full of long boxes for my collection. It's just not how I, how I work. Well, and, and that works out well for, for me and, and Odin specifically, because you come over here with like grocery bags full of comics and uh, he's just been devouring them. Is he digging them? Oh yeah. Good. Cause I've got more. He's not collecting them. <laughs> like they end up on his floor and destroyed. Exactly. But, you know, he's reading them. So whatever. See, that's how I was as a kid too. Like the covers would be ripped off and shit because I, I just, I, I've, I've never been the, the keep them in pristine condition and, and, you know, I need a dehumidifier in this closet. So my comic books don't, uh, don't suffer any wear and tear. Like, fuck no. I remember getting some shit about it when we were kids too, from, uh, from a couple of friends of ours that, that were those types of collectors. I'm like, nope, as long as I can read it, I'm, I'm good. That, yeah. That's all I need. They're the kind of collectors that would get action comics number one and never read it. Yeah. Well, and that's something that, uh, I mean, going into, uh, comic book collecting here, something I don't understand are the, uh, the graded, it's called slabbed comics mm-hmm. where, where you send them in for grading, they slab them, they put them between two thick pieces of plastic and it's got the certification and their grade and whatnot. And that's how they exist. Like, like you, they, you can't even open those again, right? No. Without like destroying the, the plastic. Exactly. That, that's so crazy to me. Like, like, I guess if I had a copy of Action Comics number one, I might get it slabbed after reading it. But I mean, like, I want to touch that thing. I want to look at it. I want to flip through it. 
it's so bizarre to me that that people just lock them up. Same thing with action figures. I I open my action figures. Um and the other the other big uh type of collecting, I guess, is nostalgic collecting. You know, where you you think of things that you had as a child and you want to recapture that. And uh you know, you want to find that lunchbox you had when you were a kid. I've I've got a Batman lunchbox from when I was a kid. But you know, the the stuff that you loved as a child and now that you're older and you know maybe approaching midlife you know like a lot of midlife crises end in uh in collections of some kind or you know a hobby like that yeah i could see that one i don't think i mean most of the stuff i've collected has definitely not nostalgic i do enjoy hunting for stuff but i don't think that's the driving force behind it yeah you don't you don't strike me so much as somebody who wants to get out there and search for a specific something. No, I, I mean, like when I know something's there or if I, you know, something I'm collecting, like I, I enjoy going and getting it, but I don't think it's the, it's, the, it's not the search that drives me. Yeah. So is there a third one or is that the only two they had on there? Those, those are the only two. I mean, there's some more, I've got, I've got a couple other like, like reasons for collecting that are, that are more psychological. You know, that, that was interesting when starting the research for this is seeing you know, what psychiatrists and psychologists say about collecting, you know, because they can twist anything into anything they want. They'd be like, oh, you collect because your priest touched your ding dong when you were a kid. Yeah. Um, But, you know, like some say like being a true collector requires uh, like like an emotional connection to something. And, And like, like some people will take it to like obsessive levels where like where where the time spent and the money you're spending like doesn't oh doesn't mean anything you know it's like i need to collect this thing which i don't think i've gotten that extreme but yeah i don't think i've quite gotten compulsive but i've definitely made numerous irresponsible purchases yeah and like got things that probably you know wasn't the most sensible thing to do but it brought me joy and so you know i'm i'm fine trading money for joy i did that just yesterday and I'll, I'll I'll touch on it later when I'm talking about my own collections. But yeah, it was completely compulsory, actually. Um, some psychologists say, that, and I'm I'm pulling this from the Psychology of Collecting on Wikipedia, the, the source for accurate information. Schools love it. <laughs> yeah, um, with the concept of collecting, is uh, psychologists say their collections help them ease I- insecurity and anxiety about losing a part of themselves. And to keep the past to continue to exist in the present. Some collect for the thrill of the hunt. For these collectors, collecting is a quest, a lifelong pursuit which can never be completed. Which brings up a, uh, a an interesting point that I was I was I had totally forgotten. Uh, but when I'm going hunting for something, I always call it a quest. Like like say I'm I'm looking for a certain brush pen or something. I'm gonna hit a bunch of art stores. For me, it's, it's that is brush pen quest. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing that day. Oh, that makes it sound so much more epic. Yeah. But what about you? Do you do you have some other uh, other collector types? Yeah, I, I don't know. Or reasons? None of those really speak to me personally. I think the the reason why I've collected most of the things I collected is uh, for the satisfaction of the collection, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just like being able to to do it, you know, saying like, okay, I want these things, I like these things. And now I've got a bunch of them. You know what? I want to get all of them or I want to get more of them. And then just the satisfaction of the achievement of getting them. So it is having them. 
it is kind of like the quest. Well, no, not the quest, but it's probably a similar feeling to what the person going on the quest gets out of it. But for you, it's the completion rather than the journey. Well, kind of, except it never completes, but it's just the kind of the getting closer to that to that goal. You know, like here's because a lot of the stuff that I've collected, you know, there was no way in hell I could ever complete it. There wasn't there wasn't a completion possible unless I had like resources beyond what I've ever seen myself having. Yeah. Um, but it was just the kind of the, the getting everything together and, you know, choosing, you know, I'm going to, I want to get more of this stuff. And then when I see it, I'm going to get it. And then just the satisfaction I get from getting more of it, getting a new that, thing to go with your yeah, old things. Exactly. That little bit of a, a dopamine hit in my brain saying like, Oh, cool. You've, 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 you know, you got another achievement here. Like you've got, a, you've accomplished something. Yeah, I could totally see that. And then, you know, and then getting them all together and like, especially, if, you know, if it's something you already enjoy, having a bunch of them is cool. Yeah. Um, so, so it's not, re- it hasn't really been nostalgic for me or the, the hunt itself. It's just kind of the love of the thing. And then the, the little satisfaction hits I get from, from getting more of it. So I think, you know, since, since we made a conscious effort to, you know, structure it to where we're talking about collecting and then go into our own collections. I feel like we are having to spend like dance an, around. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're spending an unnecessary <laughs> yeah. amount of uh, time and energy trying to be vague. So let's, let's just go right ahead and get into things that we collect. So, I mean, I know the things you collect, but the listeners don't. So why don't, why don't you give us an example of something you collect where, where, you know, you can get that new thing. I think the kind of the biggest one, and I'm not as fervent about it as I used to be, but it's probably the the collection that I have currently that is uh, the largest and the one that I most regularly add to. You've probably spent the most money on. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Is, uh, is Pez Dispensers. Yeah. I've been collecting those since I was maybe 12 mm-hmm. or so. I started getting them. Um, I started just picking them up here and there. Um, I, I found like a picture of my room from when I was like 16 and uh, the walls are just like covered in Pez dispensers kind of like thumbtacked to the wall. Yeah. In the car, you know, in the, 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 you know, the U S card where it's on the little cardboard thing with the bubble thing yep. on the front. Yeah. The blister pack and it's got the little hook thing so it can hang on racks. Technically the blister pack is the saw is the flexible plastic one. What? Like the bag? Yeah. The bags are blister packs. Yeah. That doesn't sound right to me. I think it. Oh, now you're making me. Yeah, yeah, because like, because like action figures, I'm, I'm pretty sure the, uh, the, the plastic container part of it is, is the blister pack. Although, I mean, I could totally be wrong. Oh, I, I was right. never educated in the ways of blister packs. Oh, you know, I think you're right. Oh shit! Snap! Go. Uh, you better not cut that shit out. <laughs> no, it's fine. You can if you want. I don't give a shit. Um. But yeah, yeah, I had them hanging all over my walls. I remember um, Annie had gotten like an old display from Dorothea's Christmas store where she worked. And I had that like, like one of those spinning displays that used to hang stuff on it. And I just had that thing completely full of Pez. Oh, awesome. I don't even remember that. And I definitely knew you back then. Yeah. And well, my room was completely packed with shit. That room had so much stuff in it. Yeah. Like more than anything, I remember like a bookcase with your stereo on it and your giant terrarium. For your iguanas. Yes. It was right next to the terrarium. Oh, okay. But yeah, I've collected Pez for a long time. Um, and, and it's cool because like I can just go out and get it and like people give it to me all the time. 
Cause yeah. like people know that that's what I do. So they kind of hand it over to me. The, the biggest thing that I've run into in, in the years is that I have, haven't really cataloged them all. I probably have like six or 700 dispensers. Yeah. I was going to ask like, cause I, I don't honestly know like what an absurd number is for something like collecting Pez dispensers. Like how many are there? Who knows? But like, if you have like 50, is that weird? Or, or, you know, but, but I can tell you six or 700 is probably weird. (laughs) (laughs) And it might be more than that. It might be like, like I said, I haven't cataloged it. Like I've had it in my to-do list for years Yeah, to go through and catalog of them, like take pictures of what I have and kind of put it in like a, like I could create like a little database and put it on, you know, just host it on the internet somewhere. Yeah. Do a Google sheet. Yeah. Where it's got every all the stuff I have and all the stuff, you know, so I know what's there. Because the problem I have now is, like, I'll go to the store, especially for seasonal stuff, and I'll be like, is that a new snowman? Yeah. I'm not sure if I have that snowman. Maybe they changed the stem color, you know, because the, the heads and the stems are different. Like, the Ninja Turtles was the biggest motherfucker. I don't know if you remember the Ninja Turtle Pez dispensers from, like, the 90s. Nope. Not specifically. You know, they had the four Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And uh, each of them had eight different color bases. Oh, fuckers. So if you wanted to get all of them, you would have to get, you know, what is that, fucking 32 dispensers? Yeah, and, and you know, I remember that for years. That was the thing. Like, I go to a store, I see a cool Pez dispenser, and it's like, you know, I, I'd have to ask you if you had it. You know, like, a lot of times I'd just, I'd just buy one and be like, hey, you got this? And it's like, why not? Because you've got tubs full of Pez dispensers. But eventually it became something where it was like, I don't, I don't want to buy this because the likelihood that Ben has it is probably high. And if I ask him if he has it, he's not going to know. That's true. So, I mean, there are times where where I've seen special things. Like, I, I think, what was it, last Christmas maybe? I can't remember. But there was like a, a Star Wars, like, Pez uh, multi-pack. Yeah. You know, where, where it was like a bit. And it's like, okay, this is something that Ben will know whether or not he has. Um, and th- those are always fun to find. But if it's like... If I see a Pez dispenser at a grocery store, like after a while, I just assumed that you had it. Either you had it or you didn't care because, I mean, I guess you'd have to be like an obsessive collector to be hitting, you know, every or getting every single Pez dispenser that a store has. Oh, or yeah, like get them, getting them as they come out. Yeah. Um, like it, like I, I, I'm on Pez's like mailing list. So like they send me shit when some new stuff comes out. Oh, cool. And they, uh, they did one recently. Um, it was like an exclusive with this one company and I, and I didn't buy it. Like I looked at it. Um, it was a Marilyn Monroe Pez dispenser, which as far as I know is the first time they've ever done a Pez dispenser. That's an actual person. Like a real person. Yeah. Wow. Really? I would assume they would have done some like Roy Rogers or Lone Ranger or some shit like the, like in the, um, I think it's the, I think the movie's the client kid has an Elvis Presley Pez dispenser that does not exist. Oh, shit. They made, they made that for the movie. Like, they'd done ones that look like people, like yeah. the Star Wars ones, you know, where clearly it, you know, looks like. Yeah, that is a Luke Skywalker yeah. Pez dispenser. But it's but it's not the individual, even though it, it, it looks like a human. But this was, you know, Marilyn Monroe, which was an actual person. And, uh, but, you know, I went on the website to buy it or just to see what it was. And it was like 15 bucks plus like $5 shipping. And I was like, eh, maybe later. And I just never went back and got it. See, and, and that's, that's a big difference between your type of collecting and other people's type of collecting where like some people like myself, like there might be something, you know, with, with a certain thing that I collect where, where I'm just like, 
oh fuck yeah like it's it's more expensive but i have to have it because you know it's it's a special thing well and and like i said i got my intensity has fallen off a little bit over the years like 10 years ago i would have bought it on the spot without any sort of question whatsoever really 10 years ago yeah wow i i would have said like after high school it started to die down it probably did but 10 years ago i would have bought the fuck out of that yeah i mean because i used to cruise like ebay and shit and look for the the stuff and you had to like i remember you had to watch it and like i figured out uh going to shows and stuff where, you know, you go to like the, you know, a flea market or something. And I'm all, I was always looking for dispensers here and there to try and find them, you know, cause they're selling them for like 50 cents a pop. Yeah. And they could have something that's really rare. And like the old ones didn't have feet. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, but on, uh, on eBay, you'd see them where, um, like you could check the stem and it's got like a, a patent number on the stem and stuff. So you can see, um, you can reference that because people would saw the feet off of them. Fuckers. And be like, yeah, this is a footless th- Mickey mouse. You know, and, and, uh, and otherwise it would look like it could be. Yeah. But, uh, if you didn't, if you didn't know what to look for, you'd get fucking screwed. Get hosed. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I actually fell victim to, to that very thing we were talking about yesterday, um, where I was at Walmart with Angelina and I spotted something that I knew was coming out, but I, I hadn't ordered it yet and it was in my face, so I couldn't help myself. But, um, one of my big collections, cause I mean, it's really easy to 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 say like, oh yeah, John of course collects comic books. Of course he collects Superman stuff. Um, even though I'm not I'm not like an avid collector of like Superman and Batman stuff, but if I see an action figure or a pop or something, I'll I'll get it. Um, but one of my big things is Skeletor. Oh yeah, I love collecting me some Skeletor shit, action figures, you know, thermoses. Um, I've got some old cake toppers and like little, little, um, fucking, uh, like comic books. In fact, I've, I've got a slabbed comic book there. I've, I've got an animation cell. You know, when I see other artists that do, that do cool art prints of Skeletor, I'll buy it and hang it on my wall. Um, I fucking love Skeletor so much. And I feel like he, he's become a, it's, it's a very popular collectible thing now, but I was like, motherfuck, like five years ago. Like I was search, I was seeking that shit out because, uh, but, but there's a lot of, uh, Skeletor collectors out there now, which is kind of a double-edged sword. Cause it means a, the availability may be better. Like they, they're going to make more Skeletor stuff to accommodate for that. But then you're competing with more people to get, yep. especially the older stuff. Thankfully the, the older stuff, it was so fucking plentiful because it was so huge that like the, I don't think the, the supply has has uh been diminished by by the the current demand even though it is increased like there i mean animation cells there is a metric fuck ton of those out there so i like i sure you know a- angelina found one for me and i was fucking stoked i've got my my autographed picture of skeletor by uh by the voice yeah alan oppenheimer thank you wow i i was feeling like a fucking asshole because i couldn't remember it <laughs> right in the moment um but what i found yesterday Actually, two of the things I collect kind of cross over with Skeletor, and one is, uh, uh, or the other one is Funko Pops. Yeah, I love me some pops. I don't, I don't collect them all. Like, but I've, I've got the original Skeletor that's vaulted and it's, it's expensive. But like, I would never fucking sell that thing because I, I love it. Um, but they released a giant Skeletor. Oh yeah, I remember hearing about that. It's oversized. I think it's like ten inches tall. It's, it's fucking heavy. Is it the OG model? Like the, the original figure no it's it's the current one uh um, oh, okay the the current pop where he's sort of like 
raising his staff. And I put him up in front of my castle of Skull because I've got this... Like th- this is one one thing that that separates Skeletor from other things with my collecting is I've got a Skeletor shrine at home. I may have mentioned it in past episodes, but I've got this like this like corner case with like three shelves dedicated to all the, all my different Skeletor action figures from the original series to the two thousand two or three whatever to the classics, and I do have an oversized. Uh, I think it's a twelve inch. Um, Skeletor based on the original mold. Yeah. I do have that one. Um, fucking Mondo put out this super like intricate, detailed, like articulated Skeletor figure that, that's like, that's like 12 inches tall that I want so bad, but I, I just haven't, I haven't had the extra $170 to spend Oof. on it. But I think I, I think <laughs> like, like if it, if it was like tax return time and I thought of it, I probably would have bought it. But yeah, that one that one got me for thirty bucks yesterday at Walmart. Nice, a big old pop that I that I can't do much with except put it on a shelf. Well, and when you see stuff in person, it's totally different than like when you see when it's like for sale online somewhere else, and it has to get shipped to you. Yeah, like when you're walking through somewhere and you see it, like there's that thing. I don't have it. I could buy it right now. It's, that that's way harder to walk away from. That is exactly what happened because I've I've seen the pre order for a while for it, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get that. I'm I'm sure I'll get that. And I I walked away from Angelina because she was taking too long looking at mugs or some shit. And I I was just strolling down the aisle and I and I saw it and I just immediately grabbed it. I was like, there was no thinking. I was like, giant Skeletor in my cart. And Angelina gave me some shit because I was just giving her shit about all the mugs she buys. Oh, she collects mugs? I don't know if she collects them, but she loves them. But our fucking cabinet is overflowing with them. So I was like, if you're going to buy more mugs, you got to get rid of some. <laughs> this is absurd. Or find somewhere else to put them. Exactly. Least. Yeah. She, and she gave me shit about my Skeletors. I'm like, yeah, but it's not in anybody's way. Like it's, yeah. it's not, it's not hurting you at all. Like I'm, I'm, these things are falling out of our fucking cabinet when I'm trying to get a cup. Well, the, like Walmart usually gets me cause they usually have like those gift sets, like you were talking about where it's got like the full run of one of the things. Like it'll have like the, like I've got like the, like a little tin that looks like a lunchbox with uh Scooby-Doo with all the Scooby-Doo Pez dispensers in it or all the, all the Hello Kitty ones. Uh-huh. And it's cool cause they like the whole run comes in this one box and it's either in a cardboard or like an aluminum box. And it's like, all right, well, fuck yeah, that's perfect for collecting. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's, it's already there. They're all there. They're in, a, they're in like a nice box. Because the problem I had with the, uh, those blister packs is uh, they're fucking falling apart. Like I got bins of them up there and uh, the glues come off. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, like, from heat. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, they're falling off and, and everything's kind of becoming loose. And I've thought for years, like, is this, but right now all of them are like in bins. Yeah. They're just like stored up there, like building like a display rack and taking them out of the bins or, or taking them off the cards and stuff and putting them, you know, because you could display a lot more of them when they're not on the fucking cards. Yeah. And, uh, and then keeping the cards and putting them somewhere, but, you know, they're worth more on the card, but they're all fucking coming off of them anyway and i don't really care i'm not ever gonna sell this collection you know my kids are gonna have to take it to the dump when i die (laughs) so you know that that would be fun to uh like unless you're planning on getting cremated like they should just fill your coffin with pez dispensers (laughs) just build it out of them glue a bunch of pez dispensers (laughs) together (laughs) well and, and i i imagine 
well, you're a clever dude and you're crafty, so you could come up with, with a solution for this. But I imagine with displaying all of those Pez dispensers, you might have the same problem I'm having with my Skeletors, where they don't they don't just stand up super easy. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I was kind of getting pissed yesterday, like when I had that new Skeletor and I was thinking about trying to find a place where I was like, I may need to pare down my, my display because right now, like if I bump into that thing, like fucking seven figures fall over and then I have to be all careful trying to get them up or like they, they get dust on them. It's like, what the fuck am I going to do? I have to take this whole thing apart to dust them. I don't know. So you got curio cabinets, man. They got glass doors so the dust doesn't get inside. Good call. You find some old lady will die, go to the estate sale, get yourself a curio cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> old ladies are dying all the time. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. My grandma had one that I almost took, but didn't have the space for at the time. Because she collected like those little porcelain Hummel figurines. Hummel? What is that? It was some Dutch dude that made little porcelain figurines of kids with big heads. Oh, that my does mom, sound My funny. mom's got like a hundred of them still. She uh, doesn't know what to do with them. And she can't bring herself to throw them away. Yeah. Is she superstitious or is it just a... No, she just... My mom doesn't throw anything away. Oh, hey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine where I got that. Yeah. But uh, but no, I've thought about building like a rack. Like at the Burlingame Pez Museum down in Southern California, they've got them all displayed where they're out, where, they, where they're like in a row. And then there's like a, like a bar that holds them in. And then the next one. So you can see all the heads. But you only see the stems of the ones nice. in front. So you could pack a whole shit ton of them into like an eight inch deep shelf. Yeah. And then put those, you know, put those down the wall and you could, you could display a whole bunch of stuff. That would be cool. Um, and, and, you know, I think for both of us that, that uh, these collections go into what we were talking about where it's not just like, it's not obsessive. Like I'm not out there just like, give me all the fucking Skeletor shit. But it's just like, if, if, I, if I see a Skeletor, I'm stoked. You know, and, and I, I do feel compelled to buy it, yeah. but. So what, what are some of the other uh, lesser collections you have, John? You know, um, one, one that is that I, I'll just touch on briefly because it, it is almost the exact same situation as the Skeletors, um, where it's like, I see something that I like and I'll, and I'll grab it or it's, it's mostly action figures and pops. But, um, I also, another character that I like to collect is Bizarro, the Bizarro Superman for some reason. I'm fascinated with that guy. I love his action figures and his pop. It's super cool. But I'd say another one of my larger collections that isn't um, comic books is uh, superhero Christmas ornaments. Oh, yeah. I've seen your Christmas tree. It's got a shit ton of them. Yeah. Um, it, it all started when I, was, when I was a little kid, and my mom loves Hallmark ornaments. Like She, she, she gets the catalog. She plans out all the things she's going to get. These days, she calls me up and she's like, "Okay, I saw this and this and this. Any of these yeah. interest you?" And it always comes out uh, like like the first round of buying happens in like August, and August maybe July. I don't know. It, th there's two rounds. There's one uh, earlier and then one in October. Um, but she always just plans on getting me a couple for my birthday uh, in September, which which works out because that means I don't have to go and spend money on them because they're like eighteen bucks a pop. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, but when I was a kid, probably a good 25, 30 years ago, uh, they came out with the first Superman Hallmark keepsake ornament. And of course my mom bought it for me. And then the next year they came out with a Batman following year, a Wonder Woman and then Flash. So it just became the thing that like whenever the new superhero ornament came out, we bought it. 
And um, back then, I mean, they were they were not very detailed. They weren't fancy at all. But I love them to death because of you know what they are. Oh, and that's cool too, because like as a kid, you get to hang a little piece of you on the Christmas tree. You know, like that's like your bit of identity on the Christmas tree. That's fucking cool. Yeah, there there was. I mean, there's a lot of boring ornaments, in my opinion. A lot of fucking angels and harps and snowflakes and shit. I was like, what the fuck? I've got a weird alligator with a with a, like a scarf that that from from before the superhero days. Um, but. Yeah, man, like every year it's expanded. I've, I've got countless fucking Supermans and Batmans and like little Batmobiles. Do they do any villains ever? Yeah, yeah. Get, like, I, I mean, especially these days. You know what? I don't think I have a Lex Luthor ornament. I don't know if one exists. I may have to go on eBay to look for that. The hunt, John. The well, hunt I is mean, on. There, and there's no <laughs> stores to go to to find vintage ornaments, you know, unless you're just going to go to thrift stores. And I'm not going to do that for ornaments. Christmas stores, though, there are a few like full time Christmas stores like Dorothea's and Folsom, and uh, I've seen a few others. They've they've got a pretty good stock of shit. Like they occasionally do have stuff like that there. Well, one one line that that started up probably a good like six years ago now was they started doing uh, one on the Adam West Batman TV series. Cool. So every year they put a new one out, and and I do have a Riddler from that, and I think uh, Penguin is this year. Cool. So, so you get like a Caesar Romero Joker. Yeah, I don't think they've put one of those out yet, weirdly Shh. enough. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. They do Penguin I think it went, and Riddler before fucking Joker. I wonder if it's if it's uh, a rights issue. I don't know. I don't see how that how it would be if they if they got the other ones. But they also started putting out vehicles. So I've got the Bat Cycle with uh with from the series. I've got a Batcopter, um, the Batmobile is coming out this year, Bat Boat came out last year. So I I don't know it's 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 pretty fucking awesome and like you said you know you saw my tree last year it I oh, can yeah. I can fill a tree with it yeah, you don't need a, any other ornaments those that's enough yeah <laughs> and like Angelina is sort of just given up on it because I don't think she wants to do like a crossover one you know like I I've I've just got a shit ton so I think she just sort of gives it to me but I mean I've got a Skeletor ornament you just have to get two Christmas trees next year yeah I mean we could yeah I've I've I have a few Pez ornaments. Oh shit! <laughs> you gotta, you know, that's that's your chance to fucking put the things you love on the tree, right? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, and for me, like when I, when I was single, I didn't really give much of a shit about about hanging stuff on a tree. Uh, I, I mean, like like once I had moved w- moved out and I had my own tree and I didn't have somebody to decorate it with, like I remember one year, like I bought a tree. Oh, oh yeah, I bought a tree with my then girlfriend, and then we broke up. And then I was like, eh, whatever. I didn't even decorate it. Just sat in my, in my kitchen. Just makes like, the house smell like Christmas for a month. Yeah. I was like, I don't give a shit. But Angelina's big on decorating. So, uh, so she got me back into it. But I think I'm kind of annoying when, when we hang stuff. I think we get in a fight whenever, whenever it's time to hang shit. Like, you're putting the lights on wrong. I'm like, ah, fuck you. I'm not putting them on wrong. I usually just stay out of it. That, that is my wife's wet realm. She loves decorating the Christmas tree and I just let her fucking do it. Yeah, and and that's sort of the thing. Like, I wouldn't mind sitting there and watching it, but I think Angelina wants the interaction of putting it up together. Um, but what about you? What other collections do you have? I mean, I've known you a long time, and you've collected some weird stuff, like stuff like ornaments <laughs> and toys, and even Pez dispensers is not so strange. But yeah, so I guess um, one of the collections I recently divested myself of that I was big into, especially through uh, like junior high and high school and then into my twenties as well was uh, business cards. 
<laughs> I started collecting them. I don't, I have no idea why I started collecting them. Uh, I think it was because we were just walking around town being little assholes and I would just go into businesses and like take their business cards just to be a prick. Yeah, they're there. Yeah, because they were free. You did, it was like a collection you didn't have to spend anything on. There was just a, a an absolute limitless supply out there. And uh, and it was it was kind of the hunt, you know, because like after a while, I'd gotten most of the business cards from our town. And it was like, all right, well, where do I like anytime I went somewhere new, it was like, oh, I can get new business cards here. Mm hmm. I always love doctor's offices because they have like 30 cards like on a turbo rack at the front for like every single person <laughs> that works in there. And like I actually started for a while, like apparently I wasn't the only one. Like I, in the early internet days, I went on the internet for and, and looked out like business card collectors and there was other people in other states. And I would do things where I would get like, you know, I'd collect a bunch of, I'd figure out what all my duplicates were, you know, and, and or collect some extra duplicates for them. And send them like, hey, I'll send you 100 business cards from my area if you send me 100 business cards from your area. And yeah. we'd trade business cards. So I, got, I had some shit from like Montana and stuff, places I'd never been. And uh, I had an absolute fuck ton of them. And when I was living, when I was moving back from Houston, I had like, you know, like the old baseball card boxes. Yeah. I had probably like 10 of those filled with business cards. Fucking crazy. And like at this point, I was like, I don't care. I don't need those anymore. Like I thought about like, should I put them on like is there anyone that collects business cards? Like, is it something someone's interested in? I put them on Craigslist there. It'd be like, bunch of business cards from random people <laughs> if, you, if anyone wants them and no one bit. So I just threw them away. It would cost too much to ship if you, if, if you like eBayed them. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I figured, you know, if someone in Houston's fucking big into this same weird uh, quirk, then uh, I'll give them to you. You can just have them. Like, I, don't, I wasn't looking to sell them to anybody. Well, and that was something that, that it was much easier to support for you. Like, because... I'd go to a doctor's office. You've never been there. Be like, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll grab all these business cards. You go somewhere, anywhere that has business cards. It's like, oh, I got to grab one for Ben. And I, I, I probably gave you a hundred or two, you know, throughout the years. And like when I went to college in, uh, in Long Beach, it's like, okay, well, Ben's definitely not collecting business cards down here. I remember sending or maybe bringing some back for you on, uh, on one of my breaks. Yeah. Okay. It was cool. It was, it was a fun little hobby that, you know, kind of. As you were going around, it was like a, a, a really shitty scavenger hunt. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun. Um, and then these days, I still have like a pseudo collection. It's not very big, but I like uh, skulls. Yeah. And uh, so I've got a few different like bird skulls. I've got a coyote skull. I got a sea turtle skull that I found in a thrift store in Florida. I don't even think you're supposed to be able to buy those things. Uh-oh. Um, well, you can buy anything in Florida. You can buy a baby in Florida. <laughs> But it was, you know, it was one that was found on a beach. Like, they didn't, like, kill a turtle for it. Yeah. Like, you could tell it's been all eroded and shit. Well, yeah, and you've had that coyote one since we were kids, right? That was the one that kind of started it, because I found it in a creek. Yeah. Like, I found a coyote skull, and I was like, this is fucking cool, and I left it in my truck. It was my good luck skull. Like, so, like it was always <laughs> in my truck until I sold that truck, and then it had to come out. But, yeah, I've got, like, a, a couple of, like, I've got, like, a mole skin that I, for a mole that I'd stabbed through the ground, because it was digging up my flowers. Yeah, I remember that. And I pinned it up on the, kind of like tanned it and pinned it up on the fence to, as a warning to the other moles. <laughs> but yeah, like, like anytime I get like cool bones or skulls, I like to keep them, but I don't, uh, I don't like actively seek those out. Cause like, I, I kind of want to, cause like I, every time I go to like, uh, like any natural history museum or like we were at the, the uh, Odin summer camp last year, they had like a big case with all these skulls. They had like bobcats and bears and deer yeah. and all kinds of shit. And it was like, yeah, these are fucking cool. I want all of these. <laughs> Give me your skulls. Yeah. 
And I guess probably the weirdest one. Thank you. I, yeah. I, I was I was going to push you into this because I was like, oh, I, we, we, we both know what, what I'm looking for here when I'm talking about weird collections. Yeah, when I, when I was a kid, I had a, uh, on my nightstand one day, I was cutting my fingernails and I had like a little, one of those old 35 millimeter film Yeah, film things, canisters. Canisters, yeah. which were useful for carrying all kinds of shit and they just don't exist anymore. Yeah, you could put a bunch of match heads in there and yeah. throw them against something so it explodes. Yeah. And I decided for some ungodly reason that I was just going to start saving all of my fingernail and toenail clippings <laughs> until I filled that thing up. <laughs> You're so fucking gross. <laughs> oh, I remember seeing that thing. And, I mean, and it had, it had been years by that point because you were, you were living in the pool house. So it was probably early 2000s and just, just seeing a fucking canister full of fucking fingernail clippings. <laughs> yeah, I used to joke that I would... Eventually, just sprinkle it into somebody's like soup or something. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I don't know why I started doing it. It was just kind of like, can I, I wonder if I can fill this thing up? And uh, it turns out it takes a long time to fill up a small container with fingernail and toenails. Like, they're, they're not very voluminous. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they settle very well. Yeah. And like, I, I used to like, you could like shake it and it was kind of like a maraca. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the world's grossest maraca. <laughs> I think I got it about three quarters of the way filled and i don't know where it is i wouldn't be surprised if it's in like a box somewhere around here oh so someday i may open a, a box and find a little black film canister with a gray top and open it up and be like whoa there's some 20 year old fingernails i don't i don't want to see it oh. <laughs> i can only imagine what it would smell like oh fuck <laughs> off man if, if our if our listenership drops after this episode like I, I wonder if there's a way to to see the statistics as to like what time somebody stopped <laughs> listening to an episode like, nope they're all smell bam gone done now what do you think about the obsessive collectors out there who are you know the opposites of us with our collections you know that that are like i i want an entire run of this comic book or i want you know all of masters of the universe figures in pristine condition and you know like like no bends on the box or if you or if i can find an unpunched card like it I, I i don't know for me it it i don't i don't get it um i mean i can kind of understand it i mean wanting to have the stuff in perfect condition and it's just a different kind of collecting and you know what god bless those guys because they're the ones that kind of keep this shit going you know the the guys that are willing to spend a thousand dollars on a comic book are the, are the ones that kind of keep the collector culture moving that, that, that make conventions worth it. Like, have you ever been to like any, I mean, like comic conventions, like I imagine for like Skeletor stuff, like you go to a comic convention, that's where you could see some cool artists maybe that made a fucking cool Skeletor or find some old yeah, vintage I've, action figures. And shit, I've got right? some of their prints on my wall from, from that. And you know, that that's so interesting. Like I'd never even thought of that, that it's those people that create the opportunity, you know, that, yeah. that like where, where the people who have, those figures are like, oh, this is a place where people are going to be looking for them. So even if I'm not there looking, you know, looking to pay a million dollars for Action Comics number one, there are shit tons of people there who are selling comics for that very reason. That's yeah. that's a that's a good way to look at yeah, it. Yeah, they're the people keeping it alive. The people willing to spend the big money and, you know, they're the diehards. Yeah, because if everyone was like me, then nobody would would actually give that much of a shit because there wouldn't be that many people looking. Yeah, and it wouldn't be worth it for the vendors to show up. Yeah. So, like, yeah, good for them. I'm glad they're around. Yeah. Fuck yeah, the, those guys are heroes. <laughs> the, 
But uh, and I will take the 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 shitty non slabbed copies of those comic books. Yeah, they can they can get the fancy ones, and I'll I'll, I'll get what I need. Absolutely. Like I went uh, I went to a, a Pez convention once when I was like sixteen. Yeah, the Pezathon. It was in L.A. It was uh, amazing. I fucking loved it. I, I bought a bunch of, I got like a Pez, uh, a Pez pipe. It wasn't in like case anymore, but it was from like the, the fifties. It's a little plastic pipe with the, the, the head looks like an Indian. It's very racially insensitive. Oh shit. It's like a little Pez piece Like a Native pipe. American Indian? Yeah. And you would, you would take a little granulated Pez and you'd pour it in there and you'd put water in it and then you'd sip on it. Like, like you were sucking on a pipe. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking cool. And I got a, I got a Pez gun. I remember that. That you load Pez into and you shoot the gun. It looks like, like a, like a fucking fifties era ray gun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little space cool blaster. Shit. I, I totally remember that. Yeah. It was awesome. They had so much cool shit there. And the most amazing part about that whole trip is that my parents even let me go. Yeah. How old were you? 16. Shit. I was 16. I went there with my now wife, then girlfriend alone. Like we flew down there, had a hotel room by ourselves for two nights and went to the convention and came home. That's fucking nuts. It's totally nuts. Like most parents <laughs> would be like, these kids are just going to fuck the whole time and come back with a baby. We did the former. We didn't, we, I, I didn't knock her up, but oh, we absolutely had hotel sex. Like you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> fucking teenagers. Two teenagers going. Endorsed by your parents in a hotel. Yeah. Fuck, that's exactly what you're going to do. I mean, they probably knew that that's what we were going to do here either anyway you know yeah. so like what was it going to change yeah but it was fucking rad it was so cool and uh it was just cool meeting a whole bunch of other people that collect pez because you don't run into those people on the street very much yeah well and there, there's no way to see it like like you have to be at a place like that to see that the, that that's what those people are into yeah. like nobody wears t-shirts that that say i love pez and you're like oh let's strike up a conversation at starbucks though i did get a t-shirt there that said i love pez so <laughs> <laughs> In fact, Annie had one. It was just like, it was like a, like a, you know, one of those tight girl tees. I don't know what those are called. Like the, um, you know, like the small t-shirts that girls wear. Yeah. And it had Pez across, it had Pez across the front and stuff. And like, we just found it. And, uh, Haley was digging through Annie's stuff being like, oh, I'm going to take this and I'm going to take this and take this, all her old stuff. And, uh, it was like, oh, that's cool. That's fucking rad. That's from this. I was telling her the story and she was like, nope. Oh, jeez, Fucking kid. Well, shithead. <laughs> but uh, it was rad. I used to go to like reptile conventions too. I remember that. I remember mm-hmm. you going to a reptile convention. Because I kind of collected reptiles. Like I had a number of them. But, yeah, like, but. Not enough to call it a collection. Yeah. But uh, if I had the means at that age, I would have had hundreds of them. Jeez. That is one thing I was thinking about like uh, car shows. Yeah. Or like conventions for people who want to be collectors. Because, like, if you can't, like, collecting cars, man, you, like, Jay Leno collects cars. Yeah. You, you got to have a lot of money to you collect gotta be fucking rich. cool-ass classic cars. But uh, you don't have to have a lot of money to go to a car show and think about how awesome it would be to do that. Yeah, yeah. And so the reptile show was kind of the same thing for me. It's like, I want fucking all these things. I'm going to look at other people's collections. I mean, at that point, it's kind of like going to a museum. Yeah. Just, it, more, just more interactive at a, at a show. And it, it, yeah, and it, at the reptile place, you could buy them. You buy whatever you wanted. I, I could have walked out of there with fifty things and then been completely fucked because there's no way I would have been able to take care of them. See, that, that's how I feel about uh, like original comic art. You know, when I when I go to when I go to comic conventions, 
I love looking at the the original art from comic books, especially by artists I love. Like it's so cool being able to see the actual ink on the page that that turned into a comic book. And like right now, I've just got I've got four pages because them shits get so expensive. Like I'm never gonna own an Art Adams page. Yeah. Like the, those shits are thousands of dollars. But every once in a while, you can find one for a couple hundred bucks, and even that's tough. But but it's cool get, getting the chance to look at one firsthand still. Yeah. Like going by and checking it out and being like, I would like to buy that. I'm not going to, but I'm glad I got to see it. Yeah. I saw some like original Todd McFarlane art last time I went to Comic-Con. I've got a couple pictures of it. It was like Spider-Man and X-Men. It's like, man, that's fucking rad. Uh, I, I mean, I must have caught an inker uh, in, uh, in a state of desperation because I just happened to be looking on on eBay for a, for a Tom Grummet page. He's one of my favorite artists. I love that guy. And there was a page from like Astro City that the inker was selling. He sold it, he was selling it for 35 bucks. Oh shit. Yeah, like he had a few for 35 bucks. I went back to look later on and the prices had gone way up. It's like, oh, he must have he must, he must have, have made rent. He must have figured out that he that he was short selling himself. Well, I mean, 35 is unheard of. Like like I I I think I I bought a I bought a page from an inker at Comic Con last time I was there for like seventy five bucks, but it was it was like a page that that didn't have any action, didn't have any like it had Barbara Gordon, but she wasn't Batgirl. Like yeah. a, a friend was coming over to help her move. And she's like eating dinner or something. Yeah, no, I mean it it was something that innocuous. Like it, I think I think that's what it was. Somebody was coming over to help her move. Like she was like boxing stuff up, but the penciler was Paul Pelletier, and he's one of my favorites. So. Similar to that Astro City page for Tom Grummet, it was just like, fuck, like, I have to get this, because it's still the artist's work. Um, but yeah, that, that was all started from our buddy John Brewer, who um, one time I, I, did a, I did a gig for him, and as, a, as like a, a thank you, he, he purchased, because he was shooting at a, um, at a comic shop that just happened to have uh, original art there. So he bought me a page to, as a thank you, and, uh, and that started it. Rad. Yeah. What are you saying? You want to take a break? Yeah, let's do it. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sydney. And we are Sistorically Accurate. We are long lost sisters with a common interest in people and events in history. Join us on Friday evenings starting August 7th with the life story of Walter Mercado. Every week we will bring you on a new and exciting journey through the stories of the people and events that shape the world. Welcome back, Ben. Welcome back, John. How was your break? Oh, it was pretty good. I need flip-flops. Yeah. Yeah, are you just walking around barefoot? Yeah. Ugh. That's treacherous out here, man. There's all sorts of rocks and sticker bushes and... Like when I was a kid, I remember going through the whole summer, you'd, you'd, you'd earn your Welcome summer back, feet. Welcome back, Ben. Mm -hmm. And you could run around on like asphalt like it was nothing. Uh my adult feet are huge pussies. <laughs> like they, they do not have anything on my kid feet. I don't know how I did that. Yeah, like instead of my heels just getting tough, now they get cracked and it hurts. Yeah. Yeah, I got one of those cracks like in between, like on, on the underneath joint of my pinky toe right now. And it fucking sucks. Ew. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Like I could walk on like hot coals when I was 11 and it wouldn't have been a big fucking deal. But now like <laughs> I step on a rock and I scream like a little girl. All right, so we've uh, we've broken 
Uh, let's uh, let's jump into some structure here, as always. Um, what is your first impression, John? Son of a bitch! Ah. <laughs> no, I'm okay with that. Um, so I'm unsure between two. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw two out there because they were both in the year of 1990 when I was at the the tender age of either seven or eight, depending on when in the year it happened. But there were two things that happened that started my collecting. One was I got my first saver at a comic book store, also called oh, a, a pull list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at Comics and Comics in Birdcage in Citrus Heights. Oh, that's young to get a saver. Yeah, man. I, 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 the first book that I ever had on my saver, in fact, it was also the first title that I ever read that I, you know, like the, the, the earliest comic that I remember reading, which we went over in our comics episode. Um, it was Superboy. Uh, based on the TV series, or that at least branched off of the the TV series, and that was my first saver. So there was collecting comics, but in the same year of 1990, there's something that that I'm sure everybody our age, unless you were like a super football kid or whatever, um, was a part of, and that was the uh, Marvel cards. Yep, that that's mine. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Okay, so Superboy comic books. No, no. oh yeah, that, that is fucking legit. That, I like you said, everyone that was our age. Yeah, that was the thing. That was fucking wild because I mean we weren't sports kids, so like I I knew about baseball cards, of course they they were everywhere, but I didn't give a shit about baseball cards, basketball cards, football cards. Who fucking cares? I had bought a few. Packs of baseball cards here and there, but like I didn't really care about them. It was more to get the shitty stale gum that came with them. Mm -hmm. To this day, though, I think I do still have one baseball card that I kept from my old collection. And do you know which one it is and why? I do, and they are the same reason. Uh, it he was, I believe, a pitcher. Possible, I couldn't tell you. Not a belly itcher. Couldn't, yeah, couldn't tell you who for. But his name was Rusty Cunts. (laughs) <laughs> so, so i hung on to that card <laughs> oh my goodness of course i used it for a bookmark for years <laughs> you know trading cards do make good bookmarks mm-hmm. but you know that this was the baseball card for geeks for nerds for, yeah, for, yeah. For, for little nerdy kids like us you know like all of a sudden there's what i think in the first series there was a hundred cards and they had superheroes, super villains, like great moments, and all of its original art. They had the stat blocks on the back that kind of told you all the stuff about them. It was fucking so rad. Good. I loved reading those. I loved the the little uh, "Did you know" yeah. thing on the bottom of cards. And the, those those first two series is because for the first few years they did one every year, but the first two especially and i even liked the third one. But those things were fucking amazing. I I love those. I've got a binder. With shit tons of them. I mean, I was, I bought, you know, like, like a big set. It wasn't complete, but like there was nowhere to find loose cards. So after several years of lugging them, detaching little like adhesive magnets on them. And I turned a bunch of those cards into fridge magnets. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. When I got into it, it was during series two. So like you could still get series one cards, Yeah, but they weren't, they, they were, you know, the new ones were series two. Yeah. So like the, uh, my series one collection was never, wasn't ever really too close to full. I still remember I, I, for years I had one in like one of like the protected sheets of the venom one. Cause I really liked the art on it. I'm trying to it remember like what crouching on top of a building or oh, some shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was cool. like looking from below yeah, and, up at him. Yeah. yeah. 
And I liked on the, the first edition how they had like the little ribbon with their names on it at yeah. the bottom. Yeah. Well, and, and with series two, it it definitely bumped up like the design factor because the first series just had like a white border around it. But the second one had like like flashy little little lines and shit all over it that uh that that boosted the uh, the aesthetic value a little bit. Yeah. And shit tons of great art. Like I remember one of my favorite artists that I mentioned earlier, Arthur Adams, like he did a bunch of cards for the second series. Yeah, I still remember the satisfaction because I had them in a binder, you know, with the little baseball card sheets. That you can put yeah, them in. yeah, the nine card sheets. Yeah. And I still remember my satisfaction the day when I finally completed the danger room. Oh, shit. Oh, and and you may be thinking of uh, series. Oh, shit. I think it was, well, pretty sure that was series two, wasn't it? The danger room. Oh no, that that was actually the uh the X-Men card series. Oh, they had their own series? Yeah, yeah. And oh, all of them were drawn by Jim Lee in the first oh, one. Fuck. Yeah. So the so the X-Men one had the the interlinking picture for for the nine one. Yeah, where you, you had to get all nine cards yeah. to uh fill it out. And it was in a Marvel series four where every nine cards was a new picture. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was it they was did pretty that with all rad. of them? Yeah. Oh, fuck, that's right. Or at least for all the characters. I don't know what what they did once it got into, like, you know, the moments or, like, team-ups or great battles or whatever, but, yeah. So, like, all, so, like, if you took the nine cards for the nine characters, it would make one picture? Yep. Oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah, Series 4 was cool, but but they stopped getting as many big-name artists. Like, like Series 2 and 3 had a shit ton of, of like, primo artists. Yeah, I had those cards for years. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what I ever did with them. Yeah, and then there was also the uh, the DC Cosmic cards. I think those came out in 92, maybe. But those, man, they just, they couldn't live up to the Marvel cards. I loved them for what they were, but like in the first series, in fact, the, there was Cosmic cards and then there was Cosmic teams. I'm pretty sure in both of them, there was no Batman. And I Wait, have- what? I have no idea why, but there was no Batman. And- um. Probably just keep kids buying more packs because, like, why haven't I got fucking Batman yeah, looking yet? for Batman? <laughs> well, and and the the Cosmic Cards series did things where it was like heroes through the ages. So with somebody like Superman or Green Lantern or Flash, uh, they they had it, it would be three cards, and one would be Golden Age, then Silver Age, then Modern oh, I Age. I remember those, yeah, yeah, and nothing for Batman. I think that was the first time I ever saw like Golden Age Flash and Green Lantern was those cards. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, I, I still have the Golden Age uh, Green Lantern signed by, uh, I think his name is uh, Marty Nodell, like a, a, a famous artist from that era. Oh, cool. Yeah. And the cool thing about those, and probably the same experience that normal kids had with baseball cards, was you know, they were trading cards. Like, I remember going and, like, buying, like, four or five packs and, like, you know, like, all right, I got this one, I got this one. Like, hey, I'll give you that for this. And actually, like, legitimately trading with other kids. Yeah. To get the other you know, the cards you needed to fill out your collection. I don't think I ever finished my series two collection, but I got really close. I know I had one at some point. Um, and then of course there were also the holograms Yep, where those, those had an extreme amount of value, uh, in quotations. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To our, to our young brains. Yeah. Those things were rad. I also, uh, I mean, I had that collection of gi joe cards i don't know if you collected those when you were a kid oh i did not but i do remember your collection i ended up giving it to my son and uh god knows where it is now but uh, but I, it was like a 80 percent complete 
set of G.I. Joe cards, and that thing was pretty fucking cool, too. I mean, and you can you can find a full set yeah. if you want, but but for some reason, like, I remember for, for a long time, comic shops would have those in their little cases and stuff, and they would be, you know, like 10, 20 bucks for a full set, but at that point, it wasn't worth it. I was like, I don't, I don't want to buy a full set of cards and then all the sheets and then put them in there just to keep them in a binder. Like, like it was awesome opening up those packs yeah. and just hoping to get something. I, I still remember the smell of, of the, uh, the series one packs when, when you'd open it up. Well, that, that was kind of the thrill of the hunt, you know, yeah. like that was the thing. And now they've got a bunch of other stuff like, uh, they got like those Lego minifigs and like the little mini pop figs and stuff where they come in like the mystery bag and you don't know what it is and you open it up and it's a thing. But it's like without a bunch of other kids doing it that you can trade with, like I don't need like four Scarlet Witch mini pops. I have, let's see, <laughs> I have two Man-at-Arms, two Tila's, one He-Man and one Panthor just so I could get a Skeletor eventually. Yeah. Angelina, though, bless her, she 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 had no shame like going there and like feeling the packs because it was like the bags. So oh, she's yeah. like, okay, this one feels like it could be a Skeletor, and eventually it was. But I probably spent thirty bucks trying to find that one little baby Skeletor. Yeah. And see, that shit's kind of seems like a scam unless like you're, I mean, not a scam, but like it's not worth it to me. Whereas the the trading cards work is like everyone, yeah, everyone was buying those. Like I had a multitude of friends. Which, I mean, I guess it's probably like five. Yeah. But, you know. Um, a shit ton of a, friends. Enough friends that, like, you could trade and you knew other kids at school were doing it. So, like, maybe someone else needed this card and you had it. And maybe they had a card you needed. And you could you could swap that shit around with them. Yeah. And they had the checklists, too. So, you could, yeah. you could actually mark down what you have and what you need. Yep. I mean, it goes back to, like, the... The uh that that scene in Big when they open up the baseball cards is like need it need it need it got it got it need it got it you know and, and it's like that's how it was for us like we have these so like th- these this is our pile for like get rid of cards um but I and I remember Preston um they they had a friend who worked at like a uh, like a card shop and he would ju- I'm I'm not sure how they were friends I know it, it, it must have been an old friend of his dad's but this guy named Bill and he used to uh come into town from Concord and he would bring or maybe they would see him when they yeah yeah when they were in Concord visiting his grandparents he would just like hook them up with unopened boxes of trading cards and so they'd go through and put together a full set and then I would get I would get the duplicates so that's how I ended up with like a set of like Dick Tracy cards and like Ninja Turtles cards and oh, yeah. and Batman the movie cards like it, it was it was great Mid-90s trading cards were fucking big. Yeah. They were for everything. Well, and, and what sucks is eventually, like, I stopped I stopped collecting them because once they started getting into, like, the Fleer Ultra and, like, the Marvel Masterpieces, like, it just, it didn't do it for me anymore. I don't know. Or maybe I just aged out. Yeah. Like, like my son does Pokemon cards. Yeah. And, like, he he, he got got into him and, like, wanted to play Pokemon. And I played it with him a number of times. And uh, that game is just not fun. <laughs> it's just got no depth. I mean, it's got the depth of, like, Go Fish. Like a deck-building Go Fish game. <laughs> it's just not that fun. <laughs> but uh, he loves the cards and he loves the lore and he loves the cartoon. So it's cool for him. And, like, he you know, his friends are into it. So he's come home a couple times where, like, he gave a kid, like, six cards that he wanted. And he got, like, a hundred cards back. Oh, shit. You know, and he's got like some old like fucking Pokemon cards from like when we were kids. 
like you know they got like the you know copyright like 1995 or some or 98 or some shit on it. Yeah, like an old ass. Just as we Pokemon were aging cards. out of that thing, and like I was you know working under the table at a comic shop, and all these kids are getting into Pokemon, and grandmas are calling in asking for Pokemon cards, and they were always sold out. Like it was. Yeah, we just barely it missed it. Yeah. Pogs, we didn't miss. No, we did oh, not miss boy, Pogs. Pogs were fucking. We huge. we played a lot of Pogs. It was like kid gambling. That shit was fucking great. Yeah, I loved Pogs. Yeah. Of all my Pogs, the only one I wish I kept was I had a uh, an OJ in the Slammer Slammer. <laughs> That's right. That had like the white Bronco on one side and like a picture of OJ behind bars on the other one. <laughs> <laughs> it was shaped like a saw blade. Oh, that thing was cool. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Um, so what about, uh, your favorite use in pop culture, Ben? So, uh, I was thinking about this one and I, and I, and I think it's basically the, uh, the digital analog to why I like collecting is video game achievements. Oh, okay. Yeah. And like finding, you know, finding the, all the, the, like the little hidden things that they put in games where you have to like go around and go like way up on top of a building and find them. Who were they? Like the VHS tapes in... GTA? No, that was uh, Tony Hawk. Oh, yeah, yeah. The VHS tapes were, yeah, it was Tony Hawk. What was it in Vice City? It's something that you'd go around and find, and a lot of those games do. A lot of those early open world games, especially, yeah. had something that they're like, there's a hundred of them. Yeah, like spi- in like some Spider Man games, you'd pick uh, you'd pick up comic books. Yeah. Yeah, where you go and find them, or just the general achievements list, you know, where you, you go through and it's like collecting your, what you do, what you did for the game. Because I yeah. am absolutely a completist i'm not a speed run guy i want to go through i want to search every fucking nook every fucking cranny i want to grab everything i want to find all the secrets i thought about that earlier when i was just thinking in general about different types of of collecting and collections and and i was like oh i don't have anything to say about that because that is not me at all oh it is super me (laughs) and so like the earning the achievements like i'll look at the achievements list and be like all right i gotta do that fucking ridiculous thing i'm gonna try and do that like i gotta you know you know, get uh, 5,000 points of damage with this obscure shitty sword. All right, I'm going to fucking kill the shit out of some stuff with this until I get that stupid achievement. And and I think it, it basically, it feeds all the things that I loved about collecting, except I don't actually have to like buy or store shit. Yeah, yeah. You just have to spend a little time. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I think it, I think it hits all the same spots for me. And, uh, and and it's become ubiquitous and like you know you get like xp kind of uh yeah. you know you like your gamer points or whatever on your xbox live tag uh depending on the achievements and, and this none of this means i'm any good at any of it but i i enjoy the feeling and the process yeah so uh that is definitely it um digital collecting too like i got my steam library's got so many fucking games i think i've got like 180 games in it at least 100 of them i've never played Jeez. And it's like I've, I'll get to them. I'll get to them someday. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then someday something, something comes up on Humble Bundle or some shit goes fucking on sale on Steam, and I'm like, ooh, that's a good price, and I buy it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'll get to it. I've got a stack of graphic novels under the uh, under the same auspices. One of these days, I'll break both my legs and be stuck in the hospital, and and I'll clear that backlog. <laughs> See, and and I thought that was that's what was going to happen with uh with the quarantine and the shelter in place. Like, oh shit, I'm going to catch up on so much reading. Nope. And I've I've done so much more Facebooking on the toilet than reading. It's insane. Like like it it I get little usage updates every week, and it's like my usage doubled like a hundred percent. 
Facebook sends you those? No, uh, Apple. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah, just phone time. I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want to know that. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. When all of a sudden it's like, it's gone up, you know, 35% this week for an average of like four and a half hours a day. I'm like, how the fuck am I doing that? Are they trying to shame you or something? Uh, maybe. It'd be like if, if I got a letter, it'd be like, you've spent 10% of your life masturbating. I'd be like, what? I didn't need to know that. <laughs> That's only something <laughs> no. I want to know after I've died. Yeah. yeah. Give me the stats list when I'm finished, man. I don't want to have to like continue living this life after knowing how shitty I am. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now I can't do that anymore just to try to offset the average yeah. when I do die. Fuck. Well, I, I had a, uh, I had a favorite use in pop culture that, well, it, I guess it's kind of, I don't know if I can call it my, my favorite use because I couldn't remember what it was, but I had this, I had this memory in my head of i i want to say it was futurama but it could be something it could have been venture brothers for some reason i also go back to there but there was a there was a tv show or possibly a movie which futurama did both of them where somebody was collecting real people and putting them in like full size like carded blister pack like action figure packs and they were going to preserve them forever it may have even been a live action show for all i fucking know at this point but so, listeners, if you know what I'm talking about, shoot us a line at uh, email at geeksplorationpodcast.com or any of the social medias, please. But as we were discussing it uh, before the show, Ben said one word that that instantly, like, like it, it was such a fucking no-duh, like, of course this is my favorite use in pop culture. Um, if you're thinking about collectors in... Uh, in pop culture and i'm a comic geek i'm a huge superman fan of course it's brainiac yeah as soon as you said like they're going around collecting people and doing this i was just brainiac is that what you're talking about yeah so for those who don't know brainiac is a uh, is a well depending on on uh on which version he's either a robot or a uh, or an organism from the planet kalu who has a 12th level intelligence and uh, he goes around collecting cities. He, he puts a dome over them and shrinks them and takes them off planet. And then he uh, in again, in whatever incarnation you're watching, he, he usually destroys the planet or the solar system um, in some in some iterations of Superman lore. He was responsible for the destruction of Krypton. Um, but he did steal the Kryptonian city of Kandor, and that. So, if you ever see Superman in his Fortress of Solitude with a with the bottle city of Kandor, that's why. Um, I think he's a, a more compelling character when he doesn't destroy the planets afterwards. Like he's he's a better villain, I guess. But like, there's some value. Like it makes sense. Like if you just cruised around and fucking like zapped up cities. And be like, I'm going to take that. I'm going to keep it because he's collecting like knowledge and shit too, right? Yeah, but I think, I think uh, when when they have him destroy the the solar systems and whatnot, it becomes like like a different level of collecting where he's like, I now own the only piece of yes. this. Like it, it only exists in my possession. Like if if I had like a, a Marvel card hologram and I destroyed all the other ones, then it'd be like, ha ha ha! This is the most valuable hologram around. Yeah, yeah, it makes him a, a much better villain. Yeah. But not, it makes him a little less compelling to me than, you know, it's, he's a very cut and dry villain at that point. Yeah. He's yeah. just an asshole. It's not pursuit of knowledge. Yeah. It's, it's 
being a shithead. Whereas the ones where he's like trying to, pres- you know, get these cities to preserve them because he knows you guys are going to fuck this up eventually. Yeah. And he wants to, you know, he's just trying to preserve the record that this existed and that these people are real. And Yeah. Like, a lot less malicious. Yeah. That's got some, that has some value. Cause like maybe, you know, maybe that's what happened to Atlantis. Someone came and just like took it. <laughs> now it's not here anymore. No, man, it's under the ocean. We just got to find it. If they got fucking angler fish down there and look like that, man. There can be there can be mer people. <laughs> um, so for a quick little what if, Ben, I just have a a question like if if there was something that you could be the owner of anything in its entirety, like if you could have a complete collection of something, what would it be? Oh shit. I'm gonna have to give that some thought for a second. Hold on. Don't hurt yourself. What about you? Do you do you have you thought about this? Do you have an answer to this? Because I got I got to give it at least a minute of thought. I thought I had, but apparently I didn't, or at least I didn't write it down. Like I mean, the the clear obvious choice would be like, you know, an an entire run of action comics from number one, or just comics. Just have like a you know the fucking turbo <laughs> vault. You know, you can just yeah. go in and read whatever you wanted whenever you wanted. I think I would need your five acres to to house that, um, but. A, a big one for me would be the uh, the entirety of the superpowers uh, action figure line from the mid eighties, which that's that's entirely possible. It would just cost me several thousands of dollars. Holy shit, that much really? Probably. I mean, let's let's say there was forty figures, and you probably can't find most of them for cheaper than than a hundred bucks a pop. Oh, is that because they were really fragile? I remember they had a tendency to break. Um. I don't, I don't know. I think it's just, it's just supply and demand because those figures have always been in demand and highly regarded. So over time, as they become more and more rare, unless people are getting rid of them, they're just, they're just fucking expensive. Like, like Angelina for one of my, uh, I can't remember if it was a birthday or an anniversary. She found me a Superman on card, um, that, that I do have in a plastic case that, that, that's like my one exception to the to the open it up and play with it rule because when i was a kid my mom bought like 10 of those figures so every time i broke one she you know there'd just be another one they were like a buck a pop back then and i i kept the last one in a case like for some reason that was just it was special to me and i think i've i think i've told this story before after you fucked up like nine of them like that's just that's just sensible (laughs) (laughs) but you know for for some reason it was just like i'm gonna save this forever I, or i think i had it in my head that i was going to open it up when I, on my 18th birthday or something i wonder if my mom said that to me like you have to save it until you're 18 um but i and i think i've told this story before that that my my family was babysitting my little cousin one day and oh, he came yeah. yeah and he opened it up and broke the arm off all in one afternoon and no one's seen your cousin ever since <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> um so i've kept this one in good shape i really want to get one on card that I can open up. I want to open one up on, on card, like so bad. I don't give a shit that the world would be without one. I want a pristine brand new Superman superpowers action figure that I can play with. And I've, I've since gotten a couple used ones. So I've, 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 I've got one that I can play with, but it's, it's all beat up. It's a little loose. Um, but that, that figure line, you know, like that is, that's kind of it or masters of the universe. Having an entire run of Masters of the Universe would be huge. Um, my mind immediately went to something considerably bigger than that. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. 
I wasn't thinking big. Like, sorry, uh, screen used Batmobiles. Yes. Oh, 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 oh fuck that. Is, oh, <laughs> that's even better than mine. <laughs> um, but no, like, I think, I think what I would go with is uh, man-made tools. Like, I'd be, it'd be cool to see the, fuck? the entire length and breadth of what people came up with from fucking sharpened rocks to fucking, the, the more interesting part of that would be all the shit we've forgotten about that we don't have any sort of idea of, you know, if we're, you know, if this is, I could have one of everything. Yeah. I'd like to see all the weird inventive ways people have come up with, uh, to do something, to make something yeah, to accomplish tasks that helps them do something, especially if that would include weapons. Because uh, my my initial thought was like all the weapons, just to, <laughs> like because because I, I, I'm also a big nerd when it comes to like you know old weapons and armor and fucking having a collection of that shit would be rad. Yeah, but just tools in general, like like how did you make this hole twenty thousand years ago? How did you do this task? Like I that would be really cool. Man, we are different people. <laughs> yeah. So John, we uh we put the call out on social media to see what uh, everybody else was collecting and I think uh at least on Twitter I got like the biggest response I've got for anything. So apparently people are into collecting. Yeah, that's fucking wild. And and people are also into the uh the Twitter interactions cuz I put it out on our Facebook and Instagram. I got some likes on the gram, but holy shit, I got zero comments. I I guess folks over there just aren't big collectors. They just don't care about things yeah or they hate my guts yeah six of one half dozen of the other. <laughs> they like to collect hurt john feelings yeah they they got <laughs> at least three more to add to their collection with this one um so what kind of shit did you get yeah so um the folks over at basement box office and rage against the mainstream podcast i think i think those groups have like half the same people in both podcasts oh okay like like a like a group of hosts that cross over Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, they're kind of a shared group. Um, uh, Bill collects Funko Pops and guitars, and Will collects DVDs. Steve collects records. A lot of people collect, like, vinyl records, I, know, I heard. Yeah, I, you know, Angelina and I have a bunch of them, but it is not a curated collection at all. But that that's something interesting that we didn't touch on was, uh, before was guitars. There's a lot of cool fucking guitars to, to grab. I like, I didn't even think about it for myself when I was going over my own collections, but I've got like eight guitars, a bass, a mandolin and a banjo. Holy shit. And, uh, yeah, it didn't even occur to me that I, cause I'm not like out like hunting for new guitars. No. I used to have like five more of them that I got rid of over the last, you know, five or six years. Yeah. Like, you, you just acquired them. Yeah. And none of them are like super nice or super fancy or anything special. They're just like, my, I think my favorite guitar I've have is that old fucking red Tysco. Yeah. Yeah. The Tysco Del Rey. Yeah. Yeah, a little Tysco Del Rey. It's uh, it's simple. It it's you know it's an old Japanese guitar from the eighties. It is light. It is super light and it's super thin. And uh, I just love the way it feels. Yeah, it it was fun for surf songs when we used to jam. Yeah, and uh, like when I built my own guitar, the the my Legend of Zelda guitar, I modeled kind of the the way the fretboard was and the, and all that off of that Tysco. Oh I no, kidding! So much. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a drummer, but I've got three acoustic guitars and i used to have one electric but i i sold it after i uh got out of the band i was in that i bought it for too many bad memories <laughs> <laughs> guitar was all stained with tears anyway yeah and like collecting dvds like wow like that 
that's tough, man, because there's a lot of fucking DVDs. Like, you, you would have to narrow it down somehow. Yeah, there's a collection you'll never finish. Yeah. Uh, kind of speaking of narrowing DVD collecting down. Um, that's how we organize it. Segways. Uh, Cinematic Blind Spots podcast replied. He, he collects boutique Blu-rays from, um, it looked like they were mostly horror DVDs from, like, uh, obscure, like, like um, what the shit like 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 white zombie and fucking uh oh, what's that one that I'm thinking of the one where the where the misfits uh fiend skull came from yeah i think so yeah it, the 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 places he mentioned were vinegar syndrome severin films scream factory and arrow films okay i've heard of scream factory yeah i it, i kind of looked them up cuz i'd never heard of any of them yeah and they all seem to be like um you know, B-roll fucking horror movies and, and shit that, like, no one else is going to put out on Blu-ray. You know, kind of capturing that stuff and trying to preserve it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, people who take the randos and and re-release them just so they exist. Yeah. In this form. Which makes sense, because Cinematic Blind Spots, like, the whole shtick of their podcast is finding good movies that you've never heard of. That's a clever title. Yeah. And as soon as you started saying that, I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, he also collects uh, like uh, Jason style custom hockey masks from uh, 13X Studios. Interesting. I wonder how many of those uh, you, you'd get. Uh, I didn't ask him how many he got. but they Or looked... I mean, like how many variations you could get. Oh, they, they got a bunch on the site. Like, oh, cool. yeah, like, they're all kind of like painted differently and they, they're not like, just like reproductions. They're kind of like yeah. stylized. Yeah. Is there like a, like a too. Dia de los Muertos, like, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Latin American side or, or it would not surprise me if there was one. Of those, but yeah, <laughs> they look pretty cool. I'd get one with a, with a Superman symbol on it. Yeah. Speaking of, of vinyl, cause we mentioned vinyl too. A few other people collected vinyl too. uh, infectious grooves podcast. Mm hmm. He, he, he sent me a thing saying, like, I collect vinyl, or I collect records. And I was like, oh, like real vinyl records or like something else. And uh, he'd sent me a picture of what looked like a record shop. Yeah. And uh, just like a record store with them all, you know, categorized or alphabetized like we'd see them. Yeah. here There's the picture. Yeah. Looks like a record store. Totally. It well, looks like a place I would be shopping for I records. thought it was like a stock photo or something of a record store because he collected records. Yeah. I asked him, like, how many gots and if, if they're if they're that and he sent me he's like well here's a picture of it from another angle and i was like wait holy shit that's your fucking collection let me see it there's the other angle right there holy shit that's a deep room yeah like like that looks like a full-fledged record store i wonder if he owns a record store and he's just like this is my collection i don't know but it's uh like that that's a that's a wild way to to um to store your personal collection yeah, no, yeah, he's got, like, record, like, seven-inch singles and shit hung on the wall, and, yeah. uh, and he's got a he's got a Moonwalker arcade cabinet. That's fucking cool. Fucking rad, man. Thing looked uh, super cool. I don't know if he's married, but if he is, he has a very understanding wife. Yes. <laughs> but that looks like a single man's hobby right there. Yeah, you, and- You can't and, get away with that shit once you get hitched. I mean, married or not, <laughs> looks like he's got some fucking cash, because you can't put that together on my budget. Either that or he's been doing it for a really long time. Yeah. One of the two. I mean, and vinyl records, like you can get those at like swap meets and shit. Like you could pick up all kinds of stuff. Like maybe not so much obscure stuff, but they're out there. Yeah. Imagine if all of those are just like those those bulk record bins stuff you see on like like under the main record bins at a at a record store where they just have like 
you know, a thousand copies of like a air fuck, supply. Yeah, exactly. Or, <laughs> or like, hello, Dolly, you know, yeah. just Willie from Grand Rapidians play video games. Yeah. Also collects vinyl as well as Magic the Gathering, video games, comics, decorative spoons, action figures, and stickers. Decorative spoons. Yeah, my reply to him was, I'm indifferent about decorative spoons, yeah. but everything else is pretty rad. See, and, and <laughs> when you were talking about the last person who collected records and it, and it was going to go in a slightly different direction, I thought you were going to say something like world records, which Willie oh, and Ginger they, did collect. They do collect that as yeah. well. Yeah, that's true. Let's see, what else did I get? Um, book retorts. Book retorts? Book retorts. Please explain. Um, I, I No, that's the name of the podcast. Oh, geez. That is the name of the people. Like, oh. I don't know how you collect a book retort. Uh, yeah, and I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought maybe it was just a misspelling of book report. Like somebody collected, like that, that'd be a random weird collection, just collecting little kids' book reports. You're like, hey, kid, I'll buy that off you. You done with it? You know there's some weird eccentric that collects something like that, like, like failing grade elementary school science tests i bet there's some gems out there <laughs> yeah. that are really that are worth saving and those essay questions uh but in any case book retorts podcast replied uh that uh, they collect postcards from places they've been or that they have been sent from yeah other people yeah i can cool. see that yeah i uh the only postcard that like i got a few that i kept from uh like when i sent one back to annie when i was in europe and then like another one i usually find something wildly inappropriate and mm -hmm. send it to her but the coolest postcard I ever got, I, uh, I, when I was in high school, I wrote my name and address on a $5 bill. I remember this. And wrote like, you know, property of Ben Robinson, please return to this address if found. And I never got the money back, but I did get a postcard from Stanford, which is probably, like, it's, it's not far. It's like 300 miles, 200 miles away, maybe. What? Like, like, like the, the college? The university. Oh, okay. Yeah, university. Yeah. I thought you were talking about like Stanford connecticut no i think it was it was the university and it just saying like hey ben i found your dollar or i found your money um unfortunately i'm unable to return it <laughs> that's you. fucking awesome like, that's fucking cool that someone yeah. decided to take the time to send me a postcard about that it was pretty rad i remember one time i drew a very lewd picture and uh, I, I won't describe it on this podcast because i don't want to get canceled oh but no no um and, uh, and I put it in a bottle and sealed it and threw it into Folsom Lake. But at, at the, uh, me, me and, uh, our old buddy, Jared decided that we would write your contact information on there. <laughs> never got back to you though. Oh yeah. I never got any like hate mail or anything. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, Folsom Lake's still there. Maybe, uh, maybe yeah. I just haven't got it yet. Yeah. I wonder if your parents got it. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, I have a letter like, you sick fuck. I have no idea who <laughs> Chuck Chuckley is. In fact, that, that was the birth of Chuck Chuckley. My, oh, nice. my, my lewd drawing alter, alter ego. ego. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking cool. Uh, Dallas till death, uh, Cowboys fan from the look of his, uh, profile picture is also a fan of peanuts. It would appear. Uh, he collects basically anything Snoopy Woodstock or oh, peanuts related. Jeez. Okay. I, you know, and even being a comic fan, somehow I went straight to the legume. Like pl planters, peanuts. Yes. He just collects peanuts. They yeah. get all moldy and shit and he just leaves them yeah. in the corner of his room. Or like, or like peanut <laughs> shells that look like celebrities. <laughs> yeah, your misunderstandings are, are unfortunately more interesting than some of these things we're getting. <laughs> Thank you, whiskey. Um, but yeah, he, he said he's got over 2000 different pieces of peanuts memorabilia. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. I bet he's been to the uh, the Charles Schultz Museum in Santa Rosa that was oh, yeah. closed when I went there. I imagine if he hasn't, he wants to. 
Well, he does live in Dallas, so yeah, maybe not. Um, and then our, our good buddies uh, over at the movie cellar, of course, uh, collect VHS tapes. What the fuck is a VHS tape? Yeah, right. But uh, Dan, Dan mentioned that he also collects comics, mostly Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, action figures, vinyl also, mostly hip-hop and hardcore metal. Yeah. Uh, books, board games, and cassette tapes. Yeah, I can support all of that. And he sent, he sent me a video of his, uh, or he included a video of, like, a video tour of his frickin' um, closet in the movie cellar. Yeah. Uh, that has over- The cellar. Yeah, 1,400 unique tapes in it. Shoot me that video. Maybe I can put that up on the gram. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. He's got a ton of shit. And then Chris chimed in, because Chris has got about 850 more. Jeez. So I was joking with him. They've got, they've got another 30 years or so worth of seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are not going to run out. No, they got tons of shit. It's ridiculous. And the and the good thing about them is that they're not just doing the super popular movies. Yeah. I mean, 15 years on, they're probably going to start scraping the bottom of the barrel there a little bit. Yeah. They'll but, be hitting uh, some scream factory. Yeah. But uh but you know, they, they they've got they've got some content for a little while here. Yeah. It, it seems like a lot of our uh, people we interact with have a, a bit of a uh Retro nostalgia bent because uh, Friday Night Music Party collects vinyl, cassettes, stickers, and band pins. Oh yeah, yeah. I wonder if they put them on on jean jackets. Yeah. Or leather jackets. I, I'm going to assume they do. Yeah, either Just, one's okay. That, that's a headcanon for me now. Oh, and I meant to say on uh, the uh, the postcard collection earlier that if they if if they can contact us and let us know whether or not they have one from uh, Metropolis, Illinois. Once I go there for Superman celebration, because I've been thinking a lot about this. Once this quarantine's up, I want to go to that for the for the next one that's open. Uh, I'll send a postcard to them from uh, Metropolis. Rad. Yeah, I was gonna actually the 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 dude from Friday Night Music Party. Like I, I was like, hey, if you want a, one of our stickers, shoot me your address and I'll send up send some to you. And uh, he did, so I'm going to send him some stickers. What our old band stickers? No, the geek, the podcast stickers. Wait, oh, okay. I thought you said he collected band stickers. No, band pins and stickers in general. Ah, uh, okay. Right on. <laughs> Zach Whittier, uh, the the buddy of the movie sellers that was on there, he was the king of the show one, after us, essentially. Like he took it. He's the guy that took the the VHS for T one D. So he he's part of the uh, the Alita Battle Army. No, because they 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 rocketed past and became gods of the show. Oh, I thought it was them that stole it from us. Oh, they there was one person. Until they kept going and, and surpassed $1,000. Oh, okay. And became gods of the show. And uh, then, then it went to Zach. Uh, but uh, he collects sneakers. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of people doing that, and that seems like a very expensive I would habit. Imagine because he said it's mostly Air Jordans and Air Force Ones. Son of a bitch. And I guess he, he, he says, my love for sneakers started with my dad who played professional basketball, buying us matching sneakers when I was a kid. From there, he started his collection, and he has about 513 pairs now. Holy shit, man. Zach Whittier, you gotta, you gotta help me find some, uh, some uh, Air Force Ones. That, fuck, what are they? Fly, fly, fly knit. Uh, man, I was trying to find myself some, some fly knit Air Force Ones, some uh, low tops for Comic-Con a couple years back, when I, or I guess last year when I went. I, I managed to find a pair secondhand, but they were too small, and it was such a bummer. I have no idea what that is. I have like four pairs of shoes total. Yeah. I, I wear I wear All Stars, fucking Chuck Taylors, more than anything my entire life, but I wanted to branch out. I wanted a comfy shoe for Comic Con, 
And I tried on a pair of Air Force Ones somewhere, and they were great, but they were the wrong style. But the fucking fly knit is fucking sick. It's fucking light. Oh, to look it up. I've, I have no idea what that is. Um, Holly replied, uh, vintage Lennox. She says, always on the hunt at flea markets, never paid more than $5 for any piece. Thankfully, she included a picture because I had no idea what that was. Thank you. I was like, like Linux, the operating system? No, Linux. It's like uh, those little, uh, they look like porcelain vases, I guess. No clue. Looks like something my grandma would have. Oh, and, uh, shit. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. I told her that's cool. Like, like it fits in, it, you know, that's all about the fucking thrill of the hunt there like she's yeah. got a whole collection she's never paid more than five bucks like going to the flea if there's any collection where you can go to the flea market and like find the little diamonds in the rough and the deals and shit that's yeah. fucking rad yeah because it's tough having a collection like something like fucking jordan's in air force one where everybody who's collecting knows the value and you're going to yeah. be paying out the ass you're never going to just happen upon a pair of fucking air jordans at a at a garage sale no or i mean it's highly unlikely and then uh, Expose podcast, I guess uh, she said her and her husband collect stuffed animals. Yeah. She made a mention of uh, we're not creeps, but we collect stuffed animals. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finally, uh, uh, Better Than Human. I'm assuming that's what it's better than Huma One. So I think that's probably human. Yeah. Better than human. Human. <laughs> um Collects action figures, focusing mainly on Iceman from the X-Men. I fucking love that. Because yeah. that that's such a weird little, like, eccentric thing. Like, yeah. who collects Iceman? It's so, spe it's so specific. I love yeah. it. Like, and Iceman's fucking rad. He's an undervalued X-Men, I think. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Iceman. He's got a really cool visual aesthetic. Yeah, he can, like, fly around on his little ice walkway yeah. thing that he makes. Yeah, like, he slides. Yeah. I, and and I've cool. always wondered, like... When he's shooting his ice, does he somehow, like, do, does does the ice beam that he's shooting and creating ice with, like, it's got, like, some weird, like, gravitational pull, too, so it, like, pulls him along the ice trail he's creating? Otherwise, he would have to create, like, a big-ass dip if he wanted to be able to go back up and keep moving. Otherwise, he'd just slow and stop. Or he'd have to start high and not stop going downward until he got to his destination. Oh, maybe he's got like a fixed length from his hands. So like his, it coming out of his hands pulls him and his feet just slide on it. I don't See, know. that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, that, it, that it's got some pull at the same time. I don't know. Um, better than human. I imagine you know more about Iceman than we do. So if you know the answer to that, <laughs> let us know. Well, thank you very much, uh, Twitter crew, for, for coming through. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. I love... Uh, Hearing from people is a lot of fun. Yeah, the interaction's great, and especially with something like like guitars or stuffed animals or, or I mean, frankly, any of these that, that we didn't talk about during the show that, that we get to touch on, and it's practical suggestions from people out there. So that, that's super cool. We appreciate it. Um, so I guess that leads us to winding things down. Um, do you have a, a one-word review? I do. The I, I went with satisfying. Okay. Because for me, that's that's the core of collecting is the, getting that satisfaction when you, you know, add to it or complete it. Is you know when you, you surround yourself in stuff that you like, and uh, like once you've decided I collect this thing, you're then on a mission mm -hmm. to collect that thing. 
And every time you're able to, you know, get a little bit more of it, regardless of what it is, you get that little, you know, twang of satisfaction. A little, little carrot at the end of the stick. Yeah. Yeah. You get the, you know, you get that little hit of dopamine in your brain that's, that says, now you're happy because you got this thing and it's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, and I think that's really the, the core of what collecting is for me is, is just kind of scratching that itch. Yeah. It's probably not that for everybody. I mean, for some people, they're never satisfied with the collecting and, and, you know, that doesn't seem as appealing to me. And, you know, I guess if you're, if you're into it and you really enjoy it, good for you, but you don't want to be trapped by your desire to complete a collection. Like that's. Yeah. Or like the type of people who, who it's, it's so compulsory to them that, that it's like that, like, like they don't even get any joy out of acquiring something. It's just something that they have to do. Yeah. Like, like what a shitty thing. If, if you were like an art collector that didn't appreciate the art. Yeah. Cause like my second runner up, you know, one word was futile. Oh shit. Cause you're never going to finish it. You're never going to like most of the things I've got, like, I'm never going to get all the Pez dispensers. No, but I mean, if you wanted a superpowers action figure collection, you could get it all. Yeah. You just got to scale your expectations. Yeah. Down, I guess, you know, and, uh, but you know, that's, that's not the, the feeling I get from collecting. Like I enjoy it and it's, I don't feel like it's futile. I think the, the little bit of joy that you can get when you can get it is absolutely worth the effort. If it's something that makes your life better, it's worth the money. It's worth the time. You know, like I go out and it's, I see some, I see like a, a, a box set of some Pez that's brand new that I didn't even know existed because I don't pay that much attention. And I, uh, you know, it's 15 bucks. Well, I, I buy it and I feel fucking good. Yeah. I feel happy for a minute and, and it's fucking great. Yeah. I'm happy. I have a giant Skeletor. Yeah. And then, and then it goes and it sits like in my garage for a while until it gets put in a box and, uh, it's kind of disappears. <laughs> like I'd like to display it all, but it's, uh, you know, you gotta have the space and the time and the desire to, to get in and do all that. Yeah. But at, in the moment it's fucking gold. And I, I think, I think, uh, as often happens, like I've, I've got the same reasoning for my one word review. And I mean, I, I feel like it, like it's a boring word, but like I've thought about using thrilling, you know, because it's the thrill of the hunt oh, yeah. or exciting. So now I, I will go with thrilling because for me, it is the hunt. It's the quest. And like you were saying, like once you find it, like the satisfaction, you're like, fuck yeah. And on the other end, the utter disappointment when you're hoping to find something and you don't. And, you know, another thing that I, that I collect is, uh, I mean, I guess collect in quotes because I don't, I don't really like keep it. Uh, well, I guess, I guess it fits with my style of collecting, but like art supplies, like art materials. Oh yeah. All of a sudden I get into brush pens and I'm like, I want to try every brush pen I can. And like, I hear about a new one. It's like, fuck, I got to find this. I got to go hit the art stores. You know, there there's, I, I want to find a different kind of paper. Like, yes, like let's try it. And it's exciting. And that that's, I think that's why I started calling it a quest. And, and it, it, it really did feel like that to me where it's like, you know, I'm I'm on a I'm on a uh, uh, Jim Lee quest today, where I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna find those back issues. I'm gonna I've got a list. I'm gonna find as many as I can, and it, and it'll feel great once I do. But you know, there's those couple issues I don't find. But it is it is a thrill. Like it it really is. And I and you know, like you said, with the futile, like I I know I'm never going to have every comic by. I mean, I guess with certain artists, they you know. It's it is possible, 
there are certain people like again arthur adams who he's one of the most influential artists out there and like but he hasn't done a shit ton like like if you want to collect all his covers that would be harder because he's done a lot of covers but all of his interior work like i probably have the majority of it yeah i'm probably missing a couple issues of gumby or like when he did like a, a some work in like a fish police indie comic or something you know but i've i've got most of his interiors well you can get like big trades that are like you know here's the collected work of this guy and it's got a good chunk of it in there yeah i've got i've got an x-men legends book that that's all art adams and and it also has fantastic four in there for some reason yeah like if you don't care about getting like the actual comic books you just want the work yeah you you can do that i kind of feel the same way with uh with like tools in general like because you know i use them for work yeah and so like i don't really collect them but i have a lot of them and i'm always looking for an excuse to get another one you know, I was just thinking of, of something else that I that I that I like that I, I don't seek out all of them because it's very difficult. But for the for the exact same reason, you know, because I've I've got my my inspiration boxes next to my drawing table with all my comic books. But another thing that I that I love getting at uh, conventions is artist sketchbooks. Yeah, and, it, and it's the same thing. You know, like it it changes the way you perform your daily tasks. So it's it's always exciting to get a new one. Yeah, because I like I'll go to, you know, any place that sells you know, Home Depot or Harbor Freight or anywhere that sells tools and be like, tools, tools, tools. Like, yeah, that thing's cool. I don't have a use for it, so I can't really justify buying it. But one day, I'm gonna need that for like ten minutes. Yeah, and you're gonna be mine forever, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, like I've wanted a lathe for a while. I'll fuck around with a lathe. That sounds like it'd be super fun. Yeah, and uh, I just haven't been able to justify going out and buying one i feel like you were talking about that like back in like 2004 i had a lathe back then but oh, it didn't okay. work and i never fixed it <laughs> oh, okay that's right yeah because we we had talked about making my own drumsticks on yeah it. yeah i inherited one when my grandfather died that's it was an right. old shopsmith but it was uh was it like green yeah, yeah. and it full like all cast iron it needed a bunch of work to get it to function it was missing a bunch of stuff and i just never got around to it and then i left the state and hauling this 350 pound thing across the country didn't seem to make sense yeah yeah so i got rid of it so you do have your limits i pay attention to the my better angels occasionally yeah pez is light yes yeah a tub of pez is probably still only like 10 pounds 10 of them though or 100 pounds i guess yeah (laughs) they're voluminous (laughs) all right folks well thank you so much for uh collecting every minute of this episode with us and cherishing it forever um if you want to let us know what you thought you can drop us a line at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com you can find us on the social medias we've got facebook the geeksploration the podcast page uh, instagram geeksploration podcast or twitter at geeksplore pod and if you enjoyed today's show go give us a uh five disappointing antiques roadshow result what the fuck are you even doing <laughs> these days? I don't even know. I, <laughs> uh, I uh, see. I don't have anything. I'm empty. Five mint coin. Or are you, uh, uh, Lady Liberty? Yeah. <laughs> silver dollar. Yeah, this is a tough one to to stick a physical. Yeah, a five this thing. Yeah, uh, and we already because like we already use like mint condition 
<laughs> in box in the beginning. So I don't want to reuse that. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. See. No, just just go with it. You can even leave all this in. <laughs> we, we've laughed at this shit enough in the past. <laughs> uh, but yeah, leave us a review on, on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, please. Um, it'll give us that little dopamine hit uh, that I get when I buy Pez dispensers. Oh, yeah. Let's collect some fucking good yeah, reviews. Yeah, collect some five-star reviews. <laughs> Uh, we've got uh, merch if if you're into collecting uh, podcast t-shirts on uh, shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. And our theme music, as always, is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Until next time, wash your hands before you touch my comics. <laughs> <laughs>